This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, I'm not Jamie Smith, but this is the Known and Ever podcast. Uh, Jamie obviously couldn't bring himself to talk about a good result about Burnley this week, so I'm taking over for the day. I'm Kevin Robinson, and joining me are Adam and James. Um, we've got a change in script this week. Uh, we've played away and we didn't get beat. You don't need to readjust your headphones. We've played away and didn't get beat. Um, so, James, we, we've doubled our way points haul to two. Yeah, <laughs> it's about time, really, isn't it? And... Uh... It's quite a contrast that the first point came at, you know, a big team like Manchester United, and then the second point comes at um, a lowly team like uh, Hull City. Clearly, the dog in the background was very excited by the point as well. It was a bit of a weird game though because I I didn't think we um, we really created as much as we would have liked to, um, and you know there there wasn't a lot of chances I don't think for either side. And you know, at the end of the day, I think we really should have been looking to create a little bit more. Um, but obviously another point on the board is something we can't really complain about. It, it keeps the confidence level up after obviously a, a really poor result last week um, and, and sets us up nicely to go into another three away games. Yeah, I mean, you, you talked about kind of wanting to create more there and, you know, we, we never have a lot of possession under Sean Dash, but we only had, it was just, we had a third of the possession today. So uh, Hull had twice as much of the ball of us. And, so Adam, it's, did we deserve that? Did we deserve the point? Or with Hull having so much of a ball compared to us, twice as much, did are we were we lucky to get a point? Um, I don't think we were lucky. I think we deserved it. And if we look at the penalty, there are question marks over whether that is a penalty. I think we'll, I'm sure we'll come on to that that decision. So you could say that well, they didn't score um, uh, without uh, getting a penalty. Um, so um, and we and we did obviously we scored um, from a corner. Um, so there's why. Well, I can see why you, you might say that we didn't deserve it because we weren't at our best. We weren't, we weren't doing, we weren't setting the world on fire. But I think we did enough. Um, absolutely, uh, I, I think if you you said uh, we didn't deserve a point, then you'd be very wrong. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think I think we stopped we stopped them creating too much, uh, which is good. I think we, yeah, I think we we, we just. It's something we talked about quite a lot recently is just lacking that bit of creativity going forward, which I think James touched on. And you know, we had like Brady come in and he 
added something, but his final ball was a bit um, lacking here and there. And obviously, he was lacking against Lincoln. He was he wasn't in the team against Lincoln. And James, how important was it to recover from that Lincoln um, game with a, a very good result today? I think it was absolutely key. Um, you know, we talked all season about how. Uh, the great thing about our home form is it, it keeps the confidence level up even when we've not been getting points away from home. Um, but obviously last week to to be coming into a, a stretch of so many away games and in a game where we really were, you know, so heavily favoured, you know, the, the, the difference between the two sides should have been massive. Um, so to have gone and lost that, what that could have done for our confidence, um, you know, in the following weeks, potentially could have been massive. Uh, but I thought we, you know, obviously we put that behind us. Um, it wasn't our greatest game. At the same time, I don't think it was Hull's greatest game, considering, you know, they've been, um, you know, in great form recently. And it, I don't know, it was just a bit of a bit of a slow game, but I think it, it does enough to steady the ship and, and make sure that we've got the confidence we can get points away from home and hopefully we can get more over the coming weeks. And, um, yeah, obviously it just nice to have doubled the total really <laughs> I think it's hard to, to speak about without just coming back to the fact that this is a, a doubling of our points total away from home which is phenomenal really at this stage yeah you, you mentioned there the Hull's good form and this when we, if we looked at this game a couple of months ago we would have thought this is a really really re winnable game um uh, a, a big opportunity the way that we approach the game now would have been very different Hull have been picked, picked for lots of really good results recently and they've got quite a few winnable games coming up in the next uh, couple of weeks as well I think so Adam how important was it not for us just to draw the game and get that point but also to stop to stop Hull winning um, you know is, is there a chance of us still getting sucked into that relegation battle and, and and stopping teams around us like Hull and like some of the games we've got coming up, is it important to stop them winning as much as it is for us to get points on the board ourselves? I think it, it doesn't do us any harm uh, f- to stop people in the relegation um, the relegation battle from picking up points. Um, but I don't, I don't think, I can't see us getting dragged in now, especially after today. I think after the Lincoln result, I, one of my biggest concerns, I, I sort of put the actual result to the back of my mind, but... Um, the the big concern for me was that we'd lose all our confidence and we'd we'd sort of play in like we did against Lincoln or or sort of getting towards that that sort of style of play. Um, our poor away form, I think, puts pressure on teams that isn't that wouldn't be there if we were doing well away from the home. Like all the all the fans or the the whole fans before the game, I think expected them to win because they've been in great form at home. I think they've won last uh, the last four games at home and and we'd obviously done terribly. So you you think as a fan, right, that's that's one we're going to win and when we stop people from from winning, then that's great because the pressure is obviously on them. They look like they're going to they look like they're they're sort of buckling under the pressure. So it's actually an advantage in many ways for us to have such poor away form. Like it sounds very weird, but we've not been playing badly and and sort of the our points total looks very different. Um, it gives the wrong wrong impression of how bad, like how how bad or good we are away from home. Yeah, is this is this the, the culmination almost of a, a turning point? Now we started the season um, in horrific horrific form. I think we were conceding three goals in every away game and, and not scoring. It took us a, a very long time to score away from goal uh, from away from home. We've now scored in our last five away games. I think it is. Uh, something like that, and now we've we've now got that point. So, James, is this the 
is this the turning point now? You'd like to think so. Um, you know, I think previously goals were difficult to combine. If you look at the last couple of away games, I think you know we have managed to score, but also we've been unlucky sometimes in the circumstances we've been beat. You know, if you look at the Watford game in particular, if it's not for uh, Jeff Hendrick losing his head in the first ten minutes, I think you know we probably probably get something there. Um, I, I thought we would have won the game. I think we could have even won the game as it was with ten men. And obviously back again to Arsenal. Um, controversial decision later on. Robbed, of a, robbed us of a point that we, we fully deserved on the day. So I think we're in a good position going forward, particularly when if you look at you know, the next three away games. Uh, Liverpool obviously is a really tough one, but Swansea and Sunderland, I think they're, those really we should be looking at games that we can go out and win. Yeah, we'll talk about them a little bit later on, but if we move on to the, the, the details of today's uh, the game, uh, there's quite a few big talking points. Uh, we'll start with the penalty. Um, the, the ball certainly struck Michael Keane's hand, but but what was his hand doing in the air? Was he pushed? Um, which a few Sean Dyche uh, seems to seem to think it was, and it wasn't a penalty. I've, I've watched it a few times, and I really I keep changing my mind. I'm not really sure. What what do you think, Adam? I'm I'm the same as you. I keep looking at it, and I have a different opinion every time. Every different angle seems to like make me think something different. Um, but I think. It's a very he's very unlucky to concede the penalty. I think um, he is jumping in the air, so his arm's going to be sort of up in the air, away from his body. It's, it's, I think he could do more to get his hand out of the way, um, or, or in a, be in a different position in the per- first place, so the ball wouldn't hit um, hit the hand if he was pushed. I think, but that that's a very that's a big ask to say like to say to all players that are going to jump up in the air don't ever put your your hand away from your body because you might get pushed and that might lead the ball to to uh hit your hand and, and you might concede a penalty that's like this seems to be a, that's very far from <laughs> like a very unusual scenario um so i think it, it, i think it was a penalty but it was just very unlucky and uh, there's not actually much you can do about those those sorts of decisions yeah this is split this is split people so, so james do you agree with adam what do you think on this one I think it was a tough one for the referee. You know, there is a slight push in Keane's back, but it's one of those pushes that I don't think you see given very often these days. Um, you know, the ball obviously contacts with his arm. But there's no dispute in that. So, by, you know, by the letter of the game, I think it probably is a penalty. I mean, there's there's no. They always say now that there's no such thing as a ball to hand, so you can't make the claim that it's, it's not deliberate. His arms up. Um, I know players do use their arms to, to help them jump but I don't think it's uh, recognised you know, as the, the correct way to jump that's obviously how you lead to so many players catching others in the face as well So um, it's, it's one that obviously we can feel aggrieved about but I, I think it's most cases it's given and, and probably justifiably so yeah, I, I I agree. I think I, I think I, I, say I keep changing my mind a bit, but I think overall, I think it's 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 definitely one we feel harsh harsh by. I don't think there's, there's certainly no no intention there from Keane. You know, there's no kind of anything he's done massively wrong. Um, but I, I think most of the time that probably that probably does get given. At the time, I thought it was very harsh. When I've watched it back, I'm probably erring a little bit more on the on the correct decision size. Um, but Obviously, they got that penalty, and just before the penalty was given, Tom Heaton makes a fantastic save actually from that from that move to knock it over the bar from close range. I think it um, it, it the penalty takes away from what was a fantastic save from that, and also he he very nearly got the 
save a penalty as well. Didn't he? he looked he looked very frustrated um, when the goal went in because he was. I think he, did he get a fingertip to it? I think he did just about. And yes, yeah, so he sort of fell on top of it, didn't he? he sort of, and then it, yeah. it it was a little bit too late. Um, I think I've never seen Tom Tom Heaton that angry though. Like it, he was so frustrated, he kicked the post. He um. I was very, very aggrieved at the, the, or angry at himself that he, uh, he didn't save it. Yeah, and I thought we, we've talked a couple of times in the last few weeks about how um, we, how our heads have looked like we've dropped when we've conceded away from home in the last few weeks. And it's almost if it's like, OK, here we go again, we're going to get beat. Um, and I wondered if, you know, Tom Heaton's reaction at that time was he looked so frustrated because he thought, again, oh, here we go again. We've we've held up, we've conceded now, and, that, and that's you know it's going to be hard for us again. So, but obviously then we went down the other end um, and scored a fantastic goal. Um, it's a fantastic chest down uh, control from Michael Keane, and then found some space and fired it into the bottom corner. Um, it's remarkable that a ta- uh, amount of time and space he had actually to say it's come from a corner, and it was almost it, did, it certainly didn't look like a defender's goal, did it? Um, did it, James? What did, you, what did you make of a goal? Oh, it was sublime. The, the, the way he chests that down, um, you know, you'd think he was a, a, a striker for that because it, it was a fantastic touch and obviously a, a great finish to, to end end it. And um, you know, I think he's he scored some key goals in his time at Burnley so far, and I think that's probably another one um, that that we'll look back on, especially if we, uh, you know, we do get something out the next couple of away games. We might see that as the point that we we boosted our confidence enough to get points away from home. Yeah, I thought this. I thought it reminded me of um, his goal against Brighton last season. Actually, uh, in that in that case, Keane had a, a goal disallowed him and, and scored very, so very soon afterwards. <clears throat> uh, and similarly in this game, Keane obviously felt quite hard done by uh, by conceding the penalty, but then went and scored at the other end uh, four minutes later, I think it was. And I, I'm struggling to think of a Michael Keane goal that hasn't been really significant. Obviously, that Brighton goal was huge. Um, the, the, game, the goal against Burrow at the turf last season, massive. He kept us oh, going. Oh, what a goal that was. Yeah, he kept us going at the start of last season. Before we signed Gray and we weren't scoring many goals, he was our top scorer at the time. And that really gave us that platform to, to build on So to, to once we got, got going a bit more. So... Adam, do you think it's coincidence that Keane score always keeps scoring these massive, really significant goals? Um, do you think that's a coincidence, or do you think it's something in him that he, he's he's where he can really step up when it when it's needed? Yeah, I think I think that, yeah, there's obviously some inner spirit of him or some inner animal that gets unleashed when when there's uh, when he's he's been particularly aggrieved or he's, he's something's gone against him and he suddenly like springs into into action and and goes and scores a goal like it's uh it's very odd like how that seems to happen because it's obviously not intentional because if he could score all the time he, i'm sure he'd score all the time it just so happens that when he scores it's it's after some sort of significant event or it's in a massive game um so <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure like why it happened but it does you're right it does seem to happen um that it like he he scores these these big goals. I thought this was going to be another classic um, Adam conspiracy theory, theory that he just he can he, he can score whenever he wants. He just decides to leave it for the uh, the key occasions. Um, no, uh, that would be a, an alternative fact. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, James. Uh, a little bit earlier on, you talked about how our, our lack of creativity and our, our struggles to create anything. Um, but that was it. It was a very good corner from from Rob, Robbie Brady. But that's probably his. 
only good delivery of the day, would you say? Um, I think we, we talked about last week that we really missed his creativity against Lincoln, and it was great to see him return to the side, but we, we're looking for more relief, aren't we, from him? I think we're looking for a lot more than some of the, the crosses he put into there. It, you know, he, he did a good job of getting himself into some really good, strong positions, and then, uh, you know, some of the final balls were shocking, really. Um, I've seen one tweet this week where someone suggested... Uh, he spends a good twelve hours a day on the on the training ground practicing crosses for the next week, and um, maybe it's necessary on that show. And I, I think it seems to be a a trait for a Burnley winger maybe to have inconsistent end product. Um, obviously, that was the the complaint normally put at Michael Cartley. I think it was the same for Junior Stanislas as well. Uh, obviously, it's definitely been the same for George Boyd too. So I, I guess one argument is that you know if they had the you know, that the final ball every time, they probably wouldn't be playing for us because they'd be way out of our price range. But at the same time, I think you want to see at least a couple of games, you know, a couple of balls a game get into a really dangerous area. But I don't think he was alone today in the, the post-handed crossing as well. I thought there was a couple from uh, Matt Lawton who had a great game, but so, so deep. And, and there's just not much chance of us getting on the end of it. So, um, yeah, I think a little bit of work to be done on... Uh, on crossing uh, in in the coming week to you know try and hopefully take advantage of some of the strong positions you're getting to because we have been getting into a lot of places to put the ball in the box but you know it's no good getting into those positions if you don't put a crossing that's going to be uh, you know in a good position to be put away. I think I think the thing with crosses is we were for a few seasons we were really spoilt for crosses we we had had Kieran Trippier who was just a gem at like putting in really sweet like crosses that were whip, whip, whipping them in, so they were really threatening. And once we lost that, we we sort of had to rely on our wingers again. Um, and I think that's probably part of the reason why we're always so disappointed in in our wingers. Um, but obviously today, Robbie Brady needs to do a lot better. I think lots of his build-up play was very promising. He was very good at getting, as James said, getting into those positions to, to threaten. And but once he got there, he was just overhitting the balls or putting them in too deep. Um, but I said a few weeks ago on the podcast, like if someone can change the game, it was in the Chelsea um, podcast actually. If someone can change the game with a, a delivery or a free kick, um, then it's it's worth having them on the pitch and them messing up. And and today he put the cross in for the goal, um, and that's the thing that matters really. We got the point. Um, so so you can you can look at it both ways, I think. Yeah, we, he, um, Brady himself said after the Chelsea game that he thought he'd played, he had had a really bad performance, um, but he's got the goal and that's for Myers. Uh, and again today, he was he was quite a disappointing performance from him, but he's he's created a goal. Um, so I think, like, like you say, we'll we'll have that all season if he can if he can be terrible all game and um, either score or create a goal every game. That that's not bad at all, is it? Um, so there were a couple of um, potential red card shouts uh, throughout the match. We start with um, the first one, which was, was George Boyd. Um, James, for me, I think his momentum takes him through. Um, and I, I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a, it's, it's a red card. What do, what do you think? There's a few people saying that he should, he should have been sent off. Um, I thought it was a tough one, actually, because in, in real time, I, I didn't really see much in it. And, uh, you know, I thought the, the reaction from Huddleston was maybe worse than a, a bookable offence um, but when I watched the replay back I was very surprised to see him I don't think he even got booked did he so I was very surprised to see him not get booked while it wasn't the worst challenge I've seen it was very slow and I think his 
foot went over the top of the ball more as a result of touching the ball rather than coming in high. Um, but he, he does catch the, you know, just catch the man in an unfortunate position. So, you know, you, you could imagine in some cases he might get sent off, but I think it's more of a, a booking because he's he's not gone in out, out of control. I think it's more, you know, his foot rides over the ball rather than he comes over the ball. So, yeah, I think it's it's not quite a red card offence. And Adam, immediately after that, um, Huddleston kicks at Boyle's, Boyd's legs and takes him over. I don't think he had any intention at all of getting the ball. To me, that looks like a direct retaliation. Retaliation. What do you think? Yeah, I thought I thought it was just purely uh, retaliationary. Is that a word? It is now. Um, <laughs> I thought it was. Um, yeah, I thought it, it looked like he went into the um, into the challenge, and then immediately after said, "Oi!" to the referee. He said, "Like." That, why are you giving that? Because you've just got to let Boyd get away with the other challenge. So it looks like he just he was doing it literally to get back um, at, at, at the challenge that Boyd did. But on the on the Boyd challenge, I thought it did look really nasty in, on the replay. I thought it it didn't didn't reflect well on Boyd at all. But it it was unlucky. It was it, I think he slipped on top of the ball, and the only way you can prevent that sort of challenge is to hit the ball properly and not get on top of the ball and that obviously makes your your foot sort of slip up and and rise a bit and it went into the other player's ankle um so so yeah like it's it looked very bad but i'm i'm not sure it was it was awful um and and it certainly wasn't there wasn't any maliciousness in there in there um maliciousness malice in there um doing well with inventing words this evening um but yeah uh yeah it's it's a it's a a tough one really um i don't i was very surprised to see him not get booked but it wasn't a red for me yeah obviously regular listeners will know that i'm not um george boyd's uh biggest fan um but the one thing you do know about boyd he's a, he's a very honest player uh, i i don't think he's definitely not the type of player who's going to go in and and make a, a bad challenge uh, intentionally um which brings us on to um, Ashley Barnes. <laughs> uh, on the flip side, I don't think it's any surprise to, when you ever see Bar- uh, Barnes get a, any card of any colour. Um, I think that was his second uh, second red card for us, which probably the only surprise is that it's only his second red card for us. Um, one rec- well, first red card, first yellow was for um, dissent, and the second one was for foul at the end. Any problem? Any James? Any issue with either of those yellow cards? Not really, to be honest. I think, as you said, the only surprise is that it's only Barnes's second red for us. Um, he, he does it. He does similar stuff every game, doesn't he? I think, um, you know, the second one, I've seen people complain that it, it's soft. I mean, he's going with his arms up. He's caught someone in the head. You know, I know you see a lot of people get away with those, but at the same time, it is something that maybe, you know, they need to calm down a bit on on in the game because you know with concussions etc I don't think allowing players to go in arms up is the best way to you know prevent injuries like that because although um, you know a lot of them are unintentional you know players when they tend to look back and deliberately elbow someone do tend to get booked or sent off but it's yeah it's one of those ones where I think sometimes you see him get picked up other times you don't but the the first one is the one that I really take issue with because it's just stupidity. Um, you know, I don't understand why any player sort of debates decisions like that with a referee because 
when has anyone ever seen a referee change his mind about a decision after the fact? You know, you've never seen a referee give a penalty and then after the defending team, you know, argued to the blue in the face, he goes, actually, you know what, lads, you're right. It's not a penalty. Yeah, uh, if, go if kick. I, it just doesn't happen. If Ashley Barnes says it's not a, not a penalty, it mustn't be. He wouldn't lie. We, we've talked quite a lot about um, Ashley Barnes is the that, that side of his game and how it, it can have a, 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 a positive impact on, on, on Burnley's team uh, and on the way we play. Uh, Michael on Twitter, uh, he hasn't got a surname, he's just Michael, um, did tweet kind of five, ten minutes before the red card saying, put some money on Barnes, seeing red, go on, I dare you. Adam, um, was should Sean Dyche have took Ashley Barnes off? Because he was... He was Particularly ferocious today, I think. It was a couple of times when you certainly wouldn't. It certainly wasn't a shock to see him get that second yellow. I don't think. Yeah, I, I always think there's a risk of Ashley Barnes getting sent off. Though he, he's that sort of player. Where he's always in the other other team's faces. He's always throwing his elbows about. He's always sort of getting getting stuck in. Um, and and it that type of player always like invites the risk of getting of getting sent off. Um, so, uh, and I think it's it's a, a problem. It will become more of a problem as Premier League teams watch more of Ashley Barnes playing, and they they realise that that's the way he plays, and they can go down and they can sort of get those challenges and and sort of bring it to the referee's attention more than it has been so far. Um, I, I mean, we all remember last time around in the Premier League um, with the the Matic. Um, was it Matic or Ivanovic? Um, at the, against Chelsea. In, in the big Some, someone itch. ensued after that when someone itch um itch itchy itchy and scratchy um, <laughs> yeah and when jose Mourinho went on goals on sunday and everything like that so obviously he's teams will be aware that he's, he's that sort of player but i think as as you become an established premier league side um as burnley are currently doing then there we go i'm sure we get people writing in that we're tempting fate or something um being far too positive um but I think it might become a problem as as people become more of aware of what Ashley Barnes does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so overall, it was a it's a fantastic point for Burnley. I think, um, like I say, we've doubled our doubled our away uh, points all to two for the season. And Adam, you asked on Twitter for people's free match, uh, free word match results, match reports, three match. Match re- result ports. Yes, that's me. Yeah, um, that's exactly what you asked for. Yeah, so uh, I picked out. We've got loads of responses. Some some better than others. Some more explicit written than others. Um, <laughs> but I've, I've picked out five, and then I think everyone on the podcast has one. Yeah, Jeremy Dyer says one point closer. That's his three uh, three word match report. Uh, Paul Holt impotent Claret's draw. I think that's a a more negative sort of yet positive. Uh, reflection on the game uh andrew yats with the z um says oh ashley no which sort of reflects what we've just been talking about there uh neil lavery or lavery um i never know how to say his surname sorry neil um says maintains the gaps uh the gap and vicky devonport says kino 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 which is a great three words to to be able to summarize the game What's your uh, three-word match report, Kevin? Mine was uh, Keane's big impact. Uh, I think we touched on what I was talking about earlier about his... He always seems to call, score those big goals. Um, so mine was, uh, yeah, Keane's big impact. What about you, James? A solid point. Nice and... I was about to say short and sweet, but they're all the same length. <laughs> <laughs> I've just looked and Jamie's, Jamie's was never a penalty. 
Jamie's never a penalty, right? Okay, there we go. We know know where he stands on that issue. Um, disgraceful behaviour from from, from uh, whoever it was that pushed Keane. Um, mine was better than before, which I think is uh, a very backwards looking view, but I think anything was better than Lincoln, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so we've known Natalie this week. I don't know if anyone's noticed. She's not here. Um, but we can't we can't have a, a known in a podcast without tweet of a week. So stepping into Natalie's place, we've got we've got James. Tweet of the week. 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 Indeed. Ah, right, so this week's tweet of the week. Um, I don't know if she does this every week because it is quite quite a lot of pressure to to go through and feel like you're finding the the best one uh, to to go for. But this week I've decided to go with one from uh, Queen Beats. That's Beats with a, a Z. Uh, Dr. Harrens is his uh, username. Not sure that's his real name. His tweet was uh, Michael Keane absolutely loves an equaliser. Hashtag Twitter Clarets. Um, and that's very fitting, uh, you know, with the, the way the goal came. And talking of equalisers, I'm going to move myself into County Corner uh, just to make sure he gets in. Not going to allow anyone the opportunity to take it away from me. Um, oh, no. Obviously, no goal on this occasion for, for Michael Carey. He's rubbish. He's fine. But he did have the opportunity to celebrate a fantastic equaliser by former Claret Marvin Sodal. Can we, um, Super Marv. Can, yeah, I was going to say, can we have a, a can we have a jingle for Marvin Mention? <laughs> Marvin Mention, yeah, a Marvin Mention in Cartley Corner, um, <laughs> and it was against Blackburn Rovers, which I think makes it all the sweeter for uh, the Burnley fans. And obviously, fantastic results around the uh, Championship today to ensure that Blackburn can remain in the bottom three. Indeed, and uh, mention of Cartley Corner um, brings me um, onto our, our new website. Um, if you check out our website, uh, net, you'll see we've, we've launched it, relaunched it this week. We've got a new modern look and feel. Um, hopefully a lot better, easier to use, better functionality. There's more focus on Rick's uh, amazing artwork. We've got uh, a This Time Last Year feature, so you'll be able to look at what we were talking about uh, on the podcast a year ago. And there's also a list of our Kickstarter backers who are all amazing. And if you look on the website, hopefully you'll be able to find out why that is linked to Kylie Corner. Um, it's very exciting. Um, Jamie hates me for doing it, uh, but yeah, we've we've put a lot of work into that over the last few weeks. Um, and thanks to everyone who's given us feedback on it, um, and hopefully you'll enjoy it as much as we do. Um, before we move on, uh, I just want to jump quickly back to Lincoln. Sorry, everybody, I know we we're trying to forget what it happened, but uh, we got an email from Graham this week, uh, who was one of our listeners, who said, um, "So we talked about we said we're not sure that Sean Dyche really um, prioritises the the cup that much." Graham said he disagreed. He thought uh, Sean Dyche did really care about the cup. He said he picked a really strong team, um, and his body language um, after the match in his post-match interview showed that he was really gutted um, to to lose the game. He also said that we've got some big six pointers coming up in the next few weeks, uh, including the whole match, which we've um, got through relatively unscathed today, uh, and we could still get dragged into a relegation fight. Um, so we've still got to be really wary of that, and not get too carried away. And finally, he destroyed my hope of seeing Brady and, and Goodmanson on the wings by saying that Dyche will always play a grafter out, out wide, which means that he'll always start 
Boyd or Arfield. Um, and on that point alone, I hate you, Graham. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, f- thanks for sending your, your feedback in. We really love uh, receiving your feedback and your comments. Um, so please, if you've got any thoughts on uh, anything we've talked about, whether you agree with us, whether you disagree with us, um, please send them in and we'll read them out. You can tweet us at nodinevernet you can email podcast at nodinevernet and you can also go on the website and if you go on the bottom right hand corner um, there's other contact details there as well so if we look forward to next week and Swansea and it's a similar game to Hull I think really in that it's another away game at a team that is struggling uh, but I've seen an upturn in form since changing manager Um, how do you think we'll approach this one Adam? Same way we always uh, approach a, a game. I don't think it changes much, to, to be to be fair, uh, depending on the opposition. Um, I think it's it's going to be an interesting game to watch because Swansea have obviously been doing a lot better in recent weeks under Paul Clement, as you say. Um, so I, I think it'll be a... I mean, they lost today against Chelsea, I think, 3-1. Um, and, and so given that we drew against Chelsea, I think you'd say that we're still better than Swansea, if that makes sense. Um, not that football actually works like that, but if you're looking at, at the evidence, that's that's what you can garner from the results. Um, so I think I think we will approach the game in the normal way that we usually do. Um, we'll work hard, we'll, we'll sort of be more comfortable without the, the possession. And I think, I think Swansea will be comfortable with the possession. So that sh- should be interesting because I, I know Paul Clement is one of these guys with a distinct football footballing mentality and some sort of ideology in how the team plays and like sort of total football sort of um, advocate or or whatever. Um, So it should be interesting how we, we counteract that um, given that they're learning, obviously going to be learning, still learning the, um, the style of play that he wants to to implement. Um, So, so yeah, it should be an interesting game to watch and I I hope um, that we come away successful. Yeah, James, is it is it fair to say that Swansea at home is our most disappointing result of the season? Um, so have we, have, have we got something to prove um, as a result of that? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say that was fair. I mean, at the time, obviously, it was difficult to tell. There was disappointment because we we, we did, didn't get a result we would have liked. But um, at the same time, obviously, so early in the season, it was difficult to really get a feel for where we are. But certainly now you look at what we've done at home over the rest of the season, you look back at that one and where Swansea have been and, and think it's a game where we should have done far better. Um, <clears throat> but obviously we've got the opportunity here going to Swansea, um, shown over the season that they've not been the best of sides. So obviously it is coming together a bit for them now. Um, I feel like it's a, a great opportunity to get that first, first away win of the season. Um, but obviously we said that about a few places now, so I would settle for a point if you were to, to give me one right now. But I think it's absolutely key that um, yeah we make up for the poor performance last time around and make sure that we at least don't lose. So you said you'd, you'd take a point. So we've 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 we're in the, we've we've started now this run of four away games, um, which we've we've been talking about for quite a while. The, the March away games, um, including Hull, we've got four away games. We and three of us are against teams at the bottom. Um, so Hull, Swansea, and Sunderland. Um, am I getting carried away, Adam, by this? Uh, our getting our second point uh, away from home today. Am I getting away by saying? Am I getting carried away by saying we could go through all of those three games without getting beat? Um, and actually, even looking at the way Liverpool have been playing um, the last few months, could we even make it four games uh, on the road without defeat? Am I going crazy? I mean, you were crazy a long time ago, so you're not going crazy <laughs> now. But uh, I think it's not it's not an, uh, out of the question. I think 
I think that today's point was very important in getting a bit of momentum going and and sort of proving to ourselves that we could do it away from home. And once that starts building, especially if we win against Swansea, then I, I think it would be more likely than not than we that we don't get beat because we're very good at doing that at home. And if um, we can replicate that sort of momentum and that sort of mentality in the 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 way we play away from home, um, then yeah, it's, it's, it's totally plausible. Um, Liverpool is a, an, an interesting shout, but we beat beat them at home, um, so. I think with their form the way it is, um, I think we can we can do it. Like we can do it. We we got our only other point away from home at Man United. So like that's um it's exactly um the sort of thing that we'll need to do against Liverpool. Um but who knows how it'll go in the end. No one. That's the that's the answer. <laughs> well, let's just pack up and go home, and everybody stop listening. This podcast is worthless because we we don't know anything. <laughs> um, you talk about the United game there, and if, I think if we, if we discount that game as a, a, a anomaly, almost it's a it's kind of a unique um, unique result earlier in the season. It was quite a freak result. Are we going into Swansea game now? You know, a very unique mentality. The first time we're going into away game. Um, having got a good result away from home that isn't that United game. We've finally broken that run of away defeats. We've got a point against a team that we've been playing well away from home the last few weeks and now we finally have that breakthrough uh, and got a point against a team of very similar stature as we were talking to. Uh, let talk about two, two between Hull and, Hull and Swansea. So does that make a difference, um, James, do you think? Yeah, I think it does make a difference because, um, you know, Previously, we've not necessarily performed very well in uh, in our away games. Um, you know, Manchester United obviously being a great exception where we, we had a great game. But um, to come from, you know, obviously the Watford game where you know, we're extremely unlucky to, you know, a moment of madness early in the game and we were down to 10 men uh, and we played a fantastic second half. So, you know, you could feel grief to not come out of the game with something. Um, then obviously today getting a point it really does feel like you know you're building a bit of a weird momentum, um, and you'd like to think that that can carry over into the next game, uh, you know, and sort of sets a, a new level for us to work from. You know, we've now got away from home, we had a really good performance at Watford. We need to push on, do more of the same, and uh, hopefully, obviously, get our first three points away from home. Hopefully, that'd be that'd be that'd be very welcome. Um, Adam, what does Ashley Barnes' red card mean for us? Um, obviously, we, I think we're down to, to two strikers now, really, with with Vaux and Gray. We had Daniel Aggie on the bench today. I think that's how he pronounced his name. I think that's the first time he's been on the bench for uh, for a league game for us. So, what do we do? Does does Vaux just come in straight in for Barnes? Do we change things up? Do we go back to four five one? Whether that's with Gray, who's been uh, not had much of an impact in the last few weeks, or bringing Vaux into the four five one? Um, how would you? What what team would you go for in, in, uh, against Swansea? Um, I just replaced Barnes with Oaks. Um, I think that's that's the most logical thing to do. I don't think there's there's any real need um, to go back to four five one, given that Oaks is it's a role that Oaks has played for quite a while for us, um, being the second striker. Um, yeah, so I, I think that that's what Dice will do as well. I don't think he's not one to change it up much, though he's got better in recent recent months. So. Uh, yeah, I think I think you just do a sweet a straight swap for for Barnes, replace him with Vokes. 
Yeah, I, I guess that's having, having those. It reduces the options now, doesn't it? With obviously losing Bamford in in January, and I guess that's a problem when you, if you've only got three strikers and one of them is uh, Ashley Barnes, it always gives you a. Uh, you've always run the risk of, of cutting down to um, having just those two. Um, hopefully, neither of um, Gray and and Vokes get injured in training this week. Let's uh, protect them very well. Um, so uh, I think we'll wrap up with predictions. And um, we'll start off with uh, Predictions League. Predictions, predictions, it's the Prediction League. I think this is this is my fault. A few weeks ago I talked about how well we'd done collectively. And I, I took that pretty much every one of us has got pretty much every prediction right in some kind of way. Um, some, me, more than others. Um, since that happens, we've played four games... In those four games between us, we've made 16 predictions. And of those 16 predictions, 15 have been completely and utterly wrong. So, uh, <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's not very good. And that continued this week. Um, James and Natalie both predicted wins uh, for Burnley against Hull. Me and Jamie um, both said we'd get beat. And, of course, none of those happened. We got a draw. Um, so the table remains the same. Um, I'm comfortable at the top of the table. Brommers is far behind um, at the end, uh, and James and Jamie somewhere in the middle. Um, so that's for t- the, the, the table. No point touching that because it's no change. Um, so if we move on to predictions for Swansea, um, Adam, you're not part of a predictions league, but you can make a prediction anyway, and you've got the luxury of having no pressure that whatever happens is not going to affect your uh, your standing in the table. I think if I come on when someone else isn't there, someone someone in someone else's place, I should choose whose prediction I get to do that week. So I should do Natalie's this week, for example, and then or Jamie's if Jamie is off and I'm on. Um, do you think they they'd let me do that? Is that too much control over their I, <laughs> their reputation? I think- I think um, Jamie would just um, do some kind of like, uh, 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 and and Natalie <laughs> is the and, dog on the microphone. <laughs> it, well, Jamie Jamie would just kind of grumble, and Natalie would kind of do the opposite. She'd start like shrieking like, "Ah, you can't do that! No, no, no!" Um, but the, the, the short answer to that, Adam, is no. So tell us what you think. Um, I think we will win against Swansea, and I think we'll win two one. Short and sweet, Adam. Uh, no, you you are Adam. I am Adam. Do you want me <laughs> to go again? Is that not a good prediction? My first podcast hosting has gone so well until now. It's just going to fall into pieces. Uh, James, that's what you call. That's what your name is. Um, James, how how will we do against Swansea? Um, I think we'll we'll see the narrow win uh, with a one nil. Oh, uh, I'm going to stick true to non-near negative form um, and say that I'm not going to go quite as optimistic as you guys. Um, I'm going to go for uh, I'm going to go for another one-all draw. I think uh, feeling quite optimistic after getting that, that draw today. Um, I think we've been we've had a very slow improvement over the season on the road, though, uh, which is probably to put it put it lightly. Um, I'm not sure we can we're going to extend to a win quite so quickly, but I think a, a draw would still be a very um, a very good result. Um, and yeah, that's my prediction. And hopefully. Um, by the magic of technology, um, Jamie and Natalie's predictions will be added in here. 
Hi guys, it's Bromers here, coming to you live from the Whistler Mountain in Canada. I'm sorry I can't be with you this week, but Jamie gave me a week off for holiday. My prediction for the Swansea game is that the Clarets will get a 1-1 draw. See you next week. Hello. Similar sort of game, Swansea, I think, um, to the whole match. Team that's obviously been struggling, but has been better at home since changing their manager. Um, the whole performance was good. I think lots of positives there, and I think we can continue the momentum by getting another point. So I'm going to go with the same result, another 1-1 draw. Well, I think they were, they were dreadful predictions. Um, they were absolutely, absolutely atrocious. Not good. <laughs> Bad. Um, well, um, yes, that's the podcast. Um, we've talked about a very good result uh, against Hull. Um, 1-0 draw. Hopefully we'll talk next week about getting another another point on the road or maybe another another three points on the road, which would be very nice. Um, uh, thank you for listening. Um, thanks to James and Adam for joining me. If you've got any feedback on the podcast, you can get in touch the normal way. It's, uh, email address is podcast at nordenever.net. Tweet us at at nordenever.net. Uh, check out our new website at www.nonynever.net. Thank you to Rick for our artwork, as always. Um, Adam, for as well as joining us this week, is also going to do the editing. Um, so thanks for doubling up and doing lots of lots of extra work for us, Adam, this week. Uh, another thanks, as always, to all our Kickstarter backers. We couldn't do it or any of this without you, so thank you very much. Until next week, I've been Ken Robinson. Au revoir. I mean, it does seem a bit wrong. Like it's wrong because we. It's just. It's wrong. just wrong. <laughs> it, it is just wrong. That's the thing. When someone says, "Why is it wrong?" You are well. I can't really put it into words very well for you, but it's just not the way we do things here. <laughs> it's just wrong. I'm yeah. sure. Is it retaliatory? That's, that's gonna. That's gonna. That's gonna ask. Maybe. Retaliatory. It's all the rage to make up words these days, isn't it? Okay, Google, define retaliatory. Retaliatory of an action characterised by a desire for revenge. Yes, it's retaliatory, yes. Yes. I've not really tried Pepsi that much because the word Pepsi puts me off. (laughs) (laughs) Ultimate brand summary. Can it, but, Jamie, Jamie, can you just say that? Uh, sorry, not Jamie. Sorry, but I sounded whoa. being tall. <laughs> you sounded... Oh. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport, powered by fans.